Hi, everyone. Before we get started on today's amazing episode, I wanted to announce the next upcoming boot camp. This will be the last boot camp of 2019. It'll be boot camp number six, and it's going to be the biggest boot camp we've had so far. We started with the first boot camp in January, and every single time we've had a new one, it's grown by new people coming in. And actually, a lot of the people who took it before take it again. In fact, almost everyone takes at least another boot camp. And once you're in the boot camp, you're in for life. So as we get ready to start the next boot camp in November, early November, I'd like to offer you the chance to get in on this biggest one yet. Uh, this might be the last one of its kind. And as we go into 2020, there'll be some other things going on. I might actually be taking a step back from doing the boot camps personally altogether. And so if you've been inspired to join a boot camp this year, now's the time to do that. The boot camp is an amazing, immersive process where you integrate everything you've learned about the law of attraction and what Joshua teaches us into the very fiber of your being. It's uh, quite extensive. We have a morning daily spiritual practice. We have a separate specific meditation for each day. Starting week two, we have evening homework. In each week, there is reading and assignments. You get your own personal coach to go through it with you. In this boot camp, if you're in the first 20 people, you'll have three personal calls with me, a kickoff call, a midterm call, and a graduation call. And we have our own boot camp uh, Facebook group where everyone gets together and talks. There's also two Joshua Lives each week during the boot camp, as well as a group coaching call. The cool thing about the boot camp is we do it in a group. So in this group, I'm thinking there's probably going to be around 80 to 100 people, which will make it the largest boot camp so far. Yet it will be capped at 100 people. So if you are inspired to get in, the way to do it is to send me an email at joshuateachings at gmail.com and we'll schedule a call and I can tell you all about it. There's so much to tell about the boot camp. It takes about 40 minutes to explain it to you in detail and, and to tell you what everyone else has received. Uh, it's really life-changing. In fact, there's nothing else that's ever been like this. And, you know, starting in January with the first boot camp we ever did, I didn't know how, you know, big this was going to be. I didn't know how effective it was going to be. But now that we've done five and lots and lots and lots and lots of people have gone through the boot camp, the changes are absolutely amazing. So if you're ready to live the life that you're dreaming of, to be effective in every area of your life, to get more financial abundance, more, you know, stronger relationships, a better health, better you know, physical feeling in your body, and to move along your journey of self-discovering so that your soul's purpose emerges Well, this boot camp is right for you. So push past your fear. Send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. We'll schedule a quick call. It's a very fun call. You'll be happy that you did it, and I'll tell you all about it. Have a great time listening to this new episode, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. There's more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, 
a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. All right. Well, I am Sirgan Carr, and I am here with Gary Temple Bodley and Astrid Halverson, who are both channels. And so Gary is bringing in Joshua right now, and Astrid will be sharing Laurel's message. Yes. So I hope that you have questions, Sergan. That it's because that's, I know Joshua can jump in anytime. I sort of need questions. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. My, my first question is about the concept of truth. Because I was thinking about answering people's questions, but doing it in a way that maybe makes more sense to them, which maybe isn't the whole what people might consider the truth. Mm. Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, yeah. The truth, what people are able to perceive from your answers, that is not your problem. You are not responsible for what they are able to receive or what they are able to understand. You can't control their vibration. You can only control your vibration. You can only control your filters. You can only control what you allow in of the messages that you receive. When you receive messages, it is coming through to, your, to you through your filter. It will align itself to your beliefs. You only allow in what is aligned with your beliefs. You might stretch it a little bit, this filter, but you will not allow in something that is completely against your own beliefs. This is all what you allow in will be filtered through your beliefs. It will be influenced by your vibration. And so when you translate this message, when you pass it on to others, it will be your, your interpretation of these messages. That is why there are so many different messages that are similar, but they're nuanced. Because of the person that receives the message, they will add their own color, their own filter to the messages. And so when you translate these messages it will be uniquely your message it will be unique for you and it will be like no other message that is the value of the messages that you can bring forth and whether or not the people that are receiving these messages whether or not they are actually of the same vibration that you have of course it will not be the same vibration but you can say if they are able to match your level of vibration that is not your problem to figure out you do not need to dumb down the messages for them to receive. All you need to worry about is translating the messages as best you can and put it on paper or into words in some other way. And then whoever receives it will get what they're able to get from it. They will interpret the message in their, through their own filter. It will never be received exactly as you receive the message because they have their own filter and so the interpretation will be different from them compared to your interpretation what they receive what they get from the answer is what they are able to allow in in this moment two years from now they might even look back at this answer and they will receive a different message a different vibrational fine-tuning to allow in more information 
So everyone will receive whatever they need, whatever is most beneficial to them, whatever is able to come to them to help them to the next step. You don't need to worry about changing the messages or adapt them to your audience because that is not your job. Their job is to open up and allow in whatever you are giving them. And you can't control what they allow in. That is only in their control. The truth is subject to the perceiver. And each perceiver has a different set of beliefs. And so what is true for you might not be true for someone else. And what is true for them might not be true for you. And without the incorporation of a set of beliefs, some of which are limiting, some of which are empowering, the truth can only be held by those with belief systems that are similar. And if a belief system contradicts anything that you perceive as the truth on someone else's behalf, then they are only responsible for what they can receive from it. They might, as Laurel has said, stretch the boundaries of their belief or altered their belief or adjusted their beliefs in a way that will allow them to see what's true for them. But it will always be true for them. It will never be true for all humanity because everyone has a different vibration, a different set of beliefs because each life, each soul on this planet, on all planets, on in every realm of physical reality is unique. The purpose of physical reality is to explore the uniqueness of that perception of reality or that perspective. And so when you share a perspective, there will be those who cannot see that perspective who will claim it as not being the truth. And they will use devices to say, this is true or this is not true. They will use possibly science to say something is true. And if it's not bound in science, they will say, then it cannot be true. They may say, if it doesn't correspond to their religion or their own personal experiences, then it is true or not for them. Yet, as Laurel has said, it doesn't matter what other people are able to receive, and you are not here to convince them of anything. You are here to allow them to see another perspective if they're vibrationally matched to that perspective. And if that enhances their experience, well, then they can adopt that new perspective. And if it is contrary to what they believe, then they will not adopt it, and that is fine too, because there is no wrong anywhere in this universe. And while you may wish to enhance the lives of other people around you, it isn't the way you think it is. You have a certain perception of reality, and for you to enhance that reality could be completely different than someone else's potential enhancement. And you perceive that if you live more in love and less in fear, that that would be a better experience for you. Yet there are people who are, who are here to explore fear deeply. And so if they're on the exploration of fear or lack or injustice or something that they've come here to explore, and you come along and share with them a perspective of love, that may not, they may not be ready for it at this time because they are here to explore something else more fully. And so if you can look at it from that perspective that everyone is able and capable and allowed to explore whatever they want to explore and there is no right or wrong, it's all right, it's all good, it's all fine, then you can just do whatever you're inspired to do. And the, the truth for you, we would say, don't even use the word truth. Just say the perspective that enables you to live in a more enhanced experience of life that works for you specifically. And if others are seeking that information, they will find it and they will mm -hmm. resonate with it. 
and that's all you ever care about, whether that's one or a million or 10 million people, it does not matter. You are doing what inspires you and let the chips fall where they may. Let others come or not come, it never matters. From a Huber perspective, you might say, I have found something that has radically changed my experience of life. I have found a new approach to life, and thus I want to, or I have the inspiration to share this with others. But you can only share it with those who are ready to receive it. And those who aren't ready could never receive it anyway, and, and they could not become vibrationally matched to any aspects of the message and would never even hear of you or find you or find those who are telling, telling such examples of, of these new perspectives. But when they are ready, as Laurel has said, in a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, they might be drawn or led or vibrationally matched with that original message and then hear something that resonates with them and leads them on the path of discovery to that enhanced or different exploration of life. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing from both of you is that it's a matter of, you know, feeling inspired with the message. So I could be controlling the message that I'm trying to give. And sometimes it's a very simple answer, like where are you going right now or what did you just eat? Um, by either giving too much information because I'm trying to defend myself or by withholding information because I'm ashamed of it or whatever. Um, so it's really not about the words. Or possibly by having them see you in a different light, having them accept you, having them see you as good and right, and even the potential to become popular mm-hmm. and to become followed by more. And the traditional thought of a spiritual leader and teacher is one who has a large following. And so to enhance this, you you might want to modulate your message so that it reaches a greater audience and that is all fine and that is all well and you can experiment with that. But we would say it would be like you as a musical artist saying, I'm not going to do this music that I'm doing because it's not reaching a large enough audience. So I'm going to change it for the sole purpose of it becoming more popular with masses. And in that you're not bringing the stream of consciousness of source that is inherently coming to you as it is purely, you are using some fear to manipulate the message in order to receive some result that you're attached to. So what might be helpful for you is to remember that this exploration, what you are doing with the channeling, receiving information, it's for you. It's an exploration for you, of you. You're not doing it for anyone else. You're not doing it to help them, even though you could help them, but that is not your purpose. Your purpose is not even to be a light. Your purpose is to explore you. You are channeling this. You are exploring this part of you for you for the fun of it to learn more about who you are to discover who you are and what you can do to discover more of what is within your energy to just to discover more so that you can accept more of who you are into the definitions that you now hold there are parts of you that are beyond who you think you are and until you allow 
until you accept everything that is now in your energy, until you accept yourself as this channeler, until you accept every part of information that comes to you, you will not be led to see these other parts of you because they not, may not be parts of you that you would see as good or right right now. So that you need to discover and acknowledge and accept the parts of you that are right here, right now. So through exploring yourself through this role of a channeler, through exploring who you are when you receive this information, through exploring your roles as you bring on, as you pass on these messages, and then exploring how you feel when other people receive it, whether or not they like it. Your reaction to this process is you discovering more about who you are. And in this exploration of who you are right now, you are allowing other parts of who you are that were that are now unknown. You are allowing them to come into your field of awareness and you will become aware of more of yourself. So not only not only do you come do you become aware of who you are, but you also stretch that awareness into fields of energy that are you, but that you have not acknowledged at acknowledged as yours. And mm -hmm. so this process where you connect with other people through channeling, this is all for you. It's an exploration of you, who you are, who you can be, who you are not, how you define yourself now and how you want to let go of some of these definitions so that you can allow in more of who you are. You're not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it for you and you're exploring you. It's all about you. And this is true as your role as a wife, a mother, a daughter, a friend. In all these areas of your life, you're exploring who you truly are. And so when you're becoming more authentic about yourself in the bigger role that you think you are of a musician or a spiritual leader and teacher or a channel, you're also developing who you truly are as a wife who you truly are as a mother, who you truly are as a daughter, and who you truly are as a friend, along with every other aspect of you. This is the exploration of self, and this physical reality was designed for that exploration. And so there is no right or wrong way to do it. But when you incorporate the truth of you, how you experience and how you perceive your reality, then that comes forward in, in bringing in more energies in those individual areas of your life as well. Mm. And that's true of anyone who is listening to this, anyone on the planet Earth. You're always in an exploration of who you truly are, the aligned, magnificent, limitless being of pure positive love, or who you're truly not, the unaligned, the limited, the lack-focused, the unworthy version of yourself. Either way, it's an exploration. Hmm. Because the illusion is a great way to experience what you are not. How can you experience real joy if you don't know what sadness or anger is? How can you experience what a warm shower is if you have never been cold? The illusion of uh, fear, the feeling that fear is real, the illusion of not knowing, the illusion of separation from source allows you to feel fear very intensely. This intense feeling of fear allows you to feel joy intensely so that you can see the colors more brightly, so that you can truly feel the nuances. And the illusion is an enrichment of who you are because it allows you to experience more. It, it 
allows you to experience contrast, to dive deeper into the love that you are. It allows you to become aware of the very depth and the width of who you truly are. Hmm. All right. I like that. Um, So slightly different topic, but I'm sure that this will all be somewhat (laughs) fluid. Um, I'm... I'm curious about, so I asked Joshua a little while ago, and I actually asked Laurel a similar question about relationships, because as I'm, you know, evolving um, in who I truly am, I'm realizing that the way that society goes about doing relationships, especially like partner romantic relationships, um, is one way. And, you know, Joshua said, well, in a natural world, we would you know, have relationships and they would come and go and it would be multiple, you know, experiences. Um, I think for me mentally, there's this, there's this attachment idea, right? So you have a, I have a relationship with my husband, for example, there's like an attachment level there. Um, So how, how do you, I guess, how do you, how do you, how do you make that that jump to not having these unnatural cuz i'm assuming they're like an unnatural attachment to people right Joshua <laughs> from your perspective it might seem like a natural attachment from mm-hmm. the overall set of your beliefs it might see, seem like the thing that you want most and in the construct of your society and how everyone else in your world interacts with their partnerships, that may seem the most natural thing. What we are saying that in a natural world, free free from the constructs of your fearful society, that you would naturally gravitate to whoever you were vibrationally matched to in the moment without the fear of loss. And so without the fear of the loss of a relationship, you could expand into discovery of who you truly are within multiple relationships. And From some perspective, that might be gratifying and satisfying and rewarding. And from other perspectives, based in fear, it might be scary and you might feel guilt and you might feel have these feelings that the relationship or the attachment to the relationship saves you from. So there is no wrong way or right way to doing this. And with the constructs of your belief, you can only push that so far or leave it so far. So there, if you are inclined to have an a relationship other than with your husband, you need not feel guilty about it. It's just the exploration of who you are as a lover in this case. Or if you choose not to have a relationship outside of your marriage, you need not feel conflicted in that as well because you have chosen this and this is what works for you today. So you can say always, today I enjoy this relationship and we'll just see what happens tomorrow which will free you from the, from the gnawing anxiety of should I be doing something different than I am? You must always remember that whatever choice you make is the right choice. You cannot make a wrong choice. Attachment is fear. Attachment is control. When you're attached to something or someone, it's because you try to control them. You try to control the relationship. You try to control what you receive of his love or anyone else's love. This is all based in fear 
because you believe you need something, but you don't need anything. You are complete. The only thing you want is to give. Everything else is fear. Everything else is, like you say, attachment, which is control. There is nothing you need from anyone else. Everything you want, everything you desire, everything you enjoy are experiences. You experience and you explore. There's nothing you need. It's what you give. And as you give, you will also receive this connection with other people. It does not have to be controlled by these rules that you have for how to um, how to interact. You don't have to keep this... Uh, you don't have to count how many times you have given and how many times you have received. There is a natural flow. There is a balance in all relationships. In some relationships, there will be one that is always giving and others there will be, um, that person will always be receiving. There is a natural flow. You don't always get the same thing back from the same person. You might give to one and then receive from another. The flow is not only in one relationship. The flow is universal. The flow is in everything. And so when you're trying to control a relationship through fear, through setting rules for how you need to interact, how you need to love and who you can love, and also how to express that love, you are limiting your own ability to love and you are also limiting your own ability to receive. What if there are thousands of people out there wanting to love you, wanting to give to you, and you will not allow yourself to receive because you have rules for who to receive love from, how to receive this love, and the shapes and forms of how this love is acceptable to receive it. The more rules you have for how you should interact and connect with people, the less you are allowing to come into your life. Rules are control. Rules are fear. Attachment is control. Attachment is fear. If there is no fear, if there is no control, there is also not attachment. Attachment is fear. The more you can allow yourself to push through fear, because how do you let go of this attachment? For most fears, it's very difficult to let go of them simply by thinking about them. You can change your beliefs enough to be able to push past the fear, but the action is what cements the new beliefs. So for you to practice letting go of attachment, it's important that you push through fear, the initial fear, and just do it. As you push through fear, you realize that the fear was somewhat irrational because the only thing you now have to deal with is emotional pain. And you know how to deal with emotional pain. You can survive it. As you push through fear, you gain confidence. You gain clarity about which part of these beliefs are of the illusion. You gain clarity about what seems, what feels true for you and what feels right for you. The more you push through fear, even though you're afraid, the more you push through it, the less fear will be left within you. Because in the pushing through fear, you sort of transmute part of this fear into love. And so you let go of fear. Even in the act of feeling the fear as you push through it, you let go of some of this fear. And after pushing through the fear, there is less fear left within you. And now it will be easier to make that step once again. Practice pushing through the fear. Practice what you fear of. Practice letting go of attachment through action. And the more you do this, the more you act on it the more you will let go of the fear until one day you realize you don't have that same attachment because you have pushed through the fear enough to slowly let go of this attachment. And then you can jump to the next fear. 
<laughs> Fun. Um, so the way that, um, from my perspective anyway, the way that humans experience love, especially romantic love, feels really different to like friendship kind of love. I mean, we have all these sort of stratifications for, you know, how we, how we love. And in, in hearing you talk about love, I was curious what, um, why we create those, those differences, because I've heard you talk about how, you know, you could love the mailman as much as, you know, your, your partner. Um, but maybe you wouldn't express it in the same way. And could you speak on that? Imagine how you would exist in the non-physical. You are a vibrational being in the non-physical. There's no body. You are the essence of consciousness and you are authentic and transparent and every other entity can read your vibration and you can read the vibration of every other entity. And in the non-physical, you come and flow with others of like vibration just as you do in the physical. And there is no need to individualize any entity in the non-physical. It's all a wash or a tapestry of vibration. And in the non-physical, your love is your connection to source. Not the response of someone else or some other entity saying they love you. And so all love is its connection to source. So all feelings of love are you allowing your connection to source or you receiving the love from source. <clears throat> and so when your child is born and you look at that newborn baby and the feeling you have is your connection to source. You might think as you're as your habit has been in your life to say that the outside conditions make me feel something. And as I'm looking at this baby, I'm feeling love. And so it must be the baby that's making me feel love. And what's actually happening, happening is your belief systems are so aligned with who you truly are that you're feeling your connection to source, that love that is always there that you are either allowing in or restricting to some degree. And so when you look at your husband or felt him the first few days of your getting together and felt that love, it was your perceiving that everything is good. And that perception is aligned with your inner self and with source love and source consciousness. And you're allowing yourself to feel love. You are not putting up any restrictions or limitations. And so when you look at a friend, you look at the friend with a mix of love and fear. You look at your husband now, as opposed to in the beginning, with a mix of love and fear. You look at your child now with a mix of love and fear. And so there's a, a little less connection to your source consciousness of love. And why would you look at your husband with a little mix of fear? Because what if he leaves? What if he does something that you don't like? What if he, you can't control him? What if something goes wrong in the future? What if he does something you don't approve of? What if your friend moves away? What if your friend starts being best friends with someone else? What if your children grow up and they move away? There's always some fear involved in these relationships. And you are thinking that the love is coming from them. And so if your husband says something nice, you're perceiving it from the same perspective as your inner self. And so you're naturally connected to that interior 
love energy of source. And if he says something that you perceive as rude, you are now disconnecting and you're dipping down into that, that field of consciousness of lack and fear. And so you're disconnected from the natural flow of love. In a natural world, you'd be naturally connected to that without needing the outside conditions to meet anything. And so we say to you, when you come to earth, your primary intention was to express your love and not to receive love. Express your love to others, express your love to yourself, and express your love to the conditions. As you choose to express your love, you're doing it with an attachment to how it is received. You're doing it with an attachment to how other people perceive you. You express your love differently to your husband and your kids because you know they want that love. They want to receive it differently. Mm -hmm. And so when you're giving love, you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it what you believe is for them to make them happy, which is again, so that you can feel good about yourself so that you can know that you're expressing love in the right way. You are still attached to how others perceive you. And this is especially uh, apparent in these close ties. When you are close to someone, it matters to you how they perceive you because you don't want to lose them. You want to keep them. You want them to love you so that you can enjoy this relationship, so that you can enjoy the love that you feel flowing from them to you. And so when you choose how to express your love, you're doing it based on how you believe others want that love to be expressed. You mentioned the mailman. You don't want to express your love for the mailman like you express your love to your kids because you know he would not appreciate those kisses and hugs like they do. He would not appreciate to be spoon-fed by you, and so you choose not to do that. But there are differences in how you can express your love, and if you are detached from how that will be received, by the ones that you love, you will be inspired to express it in maybe new ways and ways that you have not thought about. And it might be ways that you think, well, this is not a big deal. Could they really be happy about this? And you will notice that exactly what you were doing was exactly what they needed. And mm -hmm. it, even though it was something that was different from you, a new way of expressing this love, it was exactly what they wanted. And you were given this idea because you were in tuned, you were aligned with love, and the universe was sending you signals that only you could give it in this special way that is exactly what they want. So when you can detach yourself from what other people want from you and just give with the pleasure of giving, when you can detach yourself from how they will perceive you based on how you're giving love, how you're loving, you will be able to find the way of giving love that feels exceptionally good for you right in that moment. And then that, that is the perfect way for you to express your love because it's exactly what they need. And please remember, in, in your way of expressing love, if you're following inspiration, even though it might be exactly what they need and might not be exactly what they enjoy in that moment. So mm. telling someone that they are acting out of fear might be an inspiration that you have or triggering someone with um, saying something that they perceive to be wrong or hurtful. That might, might be an expressed, that might be an inspired thought from you and you're doing it as an expression of love because you're aligned with love. But when your loved one is being triggered by you, by this act of love, they will certainly not feel love for you. And they might not receive the gift as you intended it to be received. So again, detach yourself from how you are being perceived and detach yourself from how they feel as they receive your love. Because even though you send love, they might 
not be able to perceive it as love. But if you're triggering them and helping them face their fears and deal with their beliefs, for sure, that is love. You are doing and acting love, even though they might not perceive it as, as love. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> okay. So what I'm getting from this is that the freedom, I mean, the ultimate freedom is just expressing your love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to be afraid that I'm going to just start like French kissing everyone now. Because <laughs> you right? can be afraid. You can be afraid. What a pleasure to feel that feeling of fear. And what do you do with that fear? You push through it. And if you feel inspired to French kiss the mailman, then go out and do that and see what kind of fears that trigger in you and in your husband and in the mailman and see what that brings up the manifestation events and then explore and expand and enjoy this experience of French kissing the mailman because you can do no wrong. And what is wrong about French? kissing the mailman i'm sure his wife does it all the time just do whatever you feel inspired to and deal with the consequences because even yeah. the consequences are things that are coming to you out of love and the universe of love hmm. we like to say that love and acceptance are the same thing and so that if you're expressing acceptance you're expressing love and you are accepting not to manipulate them not to gain something out of the acceptance of them, not to be seen as a good person because you are accepting those who others will not accept, but because it gives you more connection to your source consciousness, you more connection to that love. And the idea here is not to make anything better or worse by expressing your love, but to be in that stream of source consciousness so that you can live this effective life to discover who you truly are as you intended prior to your birth. And so the more ways you can create connection and maintain that connection with your inner self, with source consciousness, with that beam of love coming from within, then you will be inspired more and you will be a blended being and you will be highly effective in everything you do. It's the fear that just limits you. There's nothing wrong with fear. It's just limiting. So the fear to express your love to the mailman how can I express my love to the mailman without French kissing him? Well, you can say the mailman is equal to my husband, that we are eternally connected, that there is no true deaf difference between the two, that I have adopted a construct of this relationship that applies in the physical but would not apply in the non-physical. And so I can see the mailman as equal to my husband and my children, my parents, and my friends, and everyone else. And that in that moment or the, of interaction with the mailman or the cashier or the stranger or your friend, you can be connected to source consciousness, see them as pure positive love and acceptance of themselves, see them as magnificent and limitless also, even though they can't perceive that, and then interact with them on that higher spiritual level so that you'll be inspired to say something nice or say something mean, or whatever it is that will lead to the fullness of who you are and might possibly be of benefit to them as well. Cool. So I, I believe I, my, my marriage was sort of divinely orchestrated. As, is, as are all. Yeah. Um, but does it matter? Does it matter who who you end up with. It seems like you could end up with anyone and 
do this thing exactly the same. We have said before that if you were deserted on an island, a beautiful tropical paradise where all your needs were met and there was no need to fear anything with a group of other people that you would naturally love all those people. It's the perception of wrong or fear or something that causes the fear that causes you to lose your connection with those people. And so, yes, you could be connected with all kinds of people, maybe not romantically because that was not one of the intentions you set prior to your birth, but certainly in an accepting way, you can connect with all people. There are several men, several people in living on earth today that you have met agreements with, agreements of having romantic relationships, of exploring this dynamic. Each of these people are at different stages in their lives, and you will be at different stages in, lo- in your life as you continue living. At each, um, for each dimension, as you change your vibration, you shift into a different dimension. We would say that in every, for every dimension, there is a path. You follow a path and there are dimensions on this path. For each path that you choose in your life, there is always a possible um, romantic partner somewhere on this path. As you sift through your life making different choices, you might change your path into a different path or you might the path might take a turn. There will always be someone that is in front of you that you have made agreements to have these kind of connections with, but you may not know which one you will meet up with in each life at every time. There will always be someone, but you might not always know which one. As you make your choices, one or two other options might fall away because you didn't take that path. So you always create your path as you walk it, but there are always options available available for you and you will meet the people you are supposed to meet. But there are always loose contracts. There's never anything that you have to do in any life because of free will. You always have free will and no one can predict precisely what kind of choices you will make. And so the path is created as you walk it. And these people that have that you have agreed with before birth to have um, important and deep relationships with, they might come in in different roles because you did not meet up at that first possible point of connection because you chose your husband. And so this other man or woman might come at some later point in your life and play the role of a very close friend. Or if your husband dies and you're available, then you meet again here. Or if you get divorced, you meet this other man or woman. There are so many possibilities and there is so much potential out there. And as you walk your path, you change the potential outcomes. The potential in your life is always aligned with your path. And as you change your beliefs, you open up the potential, but it is always, it will always be aligned with the path that you're walking. Sure, you can change your path and then a different set of potentials will open up for you. And there is always um, a potential for this connection in every path that you choose. So yes, there are many people that you can connect with in this way, and most of them are created before birth, but there are also people that come into your life, like relationships that do not end up in these deep connections. 
And so that is also an exploration. It's just a different kind of relationship. It's a different kind of exploration. Connections, these connections are equally important. It just might not last as long as a marriage will do. What would you say is the difference between a romantic and a non-romantic relationship? Joshua? We would say it'd be the intention, but there's far more to it than that. The romantic relationship with someone you're attracted to and the non-romantic relationship with someone you're not attracted to. So what is that attraction all about? Is that attraction part of the society building where you select a mate, you have a family, and it goes along the way that you think it should go for a purpose? Is that attraction for a one-night stand where there are no consequences in the end of it? Is that a non-attraction to someone because you do not perceive they are worthy of you? Or someone that you really want, that you're really attracted to because you think that, that by interacting with them, it will make you feel worthy. And we say there is, there is something inherent in the attraction, but the attraction is also filled with fear. Mm-hmm. And in a free and natural world where you're free of this fear, with this society building idea, with the ability to be with anyone, you would naturally be more attractive to people that you would not be attracted to now, and you would be less attracted to people that you think are attracted based on on what you think is good and right in in some other person and how it would make you feel. If you could detach yourself from how you think that person would make you feel and you could just align with source and go with the flow of what you're inspired to do, the attraction would be similar. If you are a woman believing, if you have a set of beliefs that you are only attracted to men, if you then meet a woman, another woman, and you have a deep connection, your beliefs will shape how you allow this relationship to move, how you allow it to develop. If you believe you are only sexually or romantically attracted to other men, you will not allow those feelings to be developed within you. You will see this woman as a close friend, a guide, a mentor, someone important to you, close to you, who understands you, but you will not allow yourself to be physically attracted to her because you believe sex is between a man and a woman or between you and your husband. If you are a woman who believes that you are only attracted to other women and then you meet a man that you are attracted to you will believe this attraction is a friendship your beliefs control how you allow yourself to feel love it it controls how you allow the relationships to develop it it controls how you allow yourself to feel into this connection if you have a wider um set of beliefs a filter that a cage around you that is not that is wider that can be stretched more you might find yourself falling in love with both men and women because you're open to that possibility and so a romantic relationship there are much more potential out there for the romantic relationship because you are you don't only have men or only women you now have both sexes to pick from And so when you find yourself attracted to someone, most of it is because of your beliefs about what you think your partner should be like, what you think you want in other people, how you think you should react to this person. 
very little of the attraction is what you might think of as pure love because mm-hmm. there is so much attachment and control and beliefs in the back of your mind, everything that society has taught you what love is, what relationships are, how relationships should be expressed. And so you will naturally go along with these beliefs because you have not trained yourself to break out of these beliefs. And you might at some point have to break out of these beliefs because you feel like uh, the relationships that you have, the attractions, they are too limiting. But for most people, they go along with the societal beliefs about who you should love and how you should express that love. So romantic relationships, again, are you are you taking one night stands or sexual encounters into a romantic relationship? If your beliefs are aligned with the thought that every that sex should also involve romance, then a sexual encounter might create the romantic feelings in you because you believe they go together. If you believe that sex and romance are two different things, then you might have sexual encounters without creating these feelings. Mm. So it all depends on the belief system that you have within yourself. And yes, there is a difference in attraction, but most of it is just limited because of the belief system that you have. We'd like to play with this a little more. Imagine now that you are a young woman and that you have always thought that the proper life was to get married and have children. And so you say, in this proper life, I will find one person. That marriage will last my whole life. I will have a family and I will receive the security that I believe is inherent in this relationship. And so you begin dating and your eyes are always looking for that person that fits this role that matches to your belief system. And so you will encounter people that you had made agreements with prior to your birth. And you say, from my perspective, where I am now, this person doesn't fit that role. I cannot see this happening. Maybe they don't have a job. Maybe they don't come from the right family. Maybe they don't live in the right area. Maybe they don't have the right dreams and aspirations. Maybe they don't want a family. And you say, this does not match what I think I want. And so you are controlling your future based on your attachment to what you think the preferable outcome is. Now imagine you're the same young woman in your 20s and you say, I am going with the flow of inspiration. My only connection needs to be with my source with that love energy. I will process my limiting beliefs, I will maintain my alignment, and I will be inspired to vibrationally align with who's ever in my path. And then someone comes in your path, and you can explore that without any attachment to the outcome, and you could have a wonderful time. You could enjoy all these feelings that you intended to explore prior to your birth. You can understand who you authentically are. You can leave the relationship at any time. You do not have to manufacture something out of any relationship. You don't have to think about people in a programmed way just because that's how you were taught and that's how your parents taught you and that's how their parents taught them and that's how their parents taught them. This era of society building is coming to a completion and you can exist as a perceived individual You're never alone, but in this reality, you're perceived as an individual for the purpose of self-discovery as an individual, knowing that you're always connected to 
source, your inner self, your millions of guides and supporters. You're receiving all the love from them at any time. And then you can play with whatever exploration you want to play for. Imagine the true freedom in that. Now we suggest, what if you do not label it as a romantic relationship? What if you don't even label it as a relationship? What if you say, I am connected. We are having a connection. And then you don't say that there are any rules for the connection. How would that exploration be if you did not say that we will explore this connection from Monday till Friday? If you don't say that it's going to be explored from this year and five years forward. If you just say, we are having a connection, I want to explore that. How would that feel? What kind of an experience would that be? That would be a new experience. That would feel a lot lighter. Yeah. Wow. You had great questions. (laughs) This was really fun. This was fun. That was totally interesting. (laughs) You know, it was funny because uh, seeing Astrid, Cheryl Laurel, and then come back to Astrid between the questions. I didn't think that was possible. And I just started doing that halfway through. (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice. Because I don't know when you're you. Yeah. (laughs) But I I noticed one of the relationship questions, you sort of took a bit longer. Because Joshua's like, yes, yes. And you took a bit longer. So was that you? And then you were Joshua? Well, no. It it was, you know, for me, it's an ethereal thing. And so I am trying to maintain my concentration on the stream of thought that's coming through me. Mm. And what I noticed was when I'm watching Laurel, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, <laughs> oh. like is, that, is this me? What's going on? Here? You know? <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I just relaxed yeah. in that and I thought it, you know, anything was wrong. And then just said, okay, well, I can do what Astrid's doing. And then yeah. just get back in. You know, but you know, when Joshua starts talking, they usually have a preamble that goes on mm. for a little bit. And then, mm. and I just noticed that too with, with S, with uh, Abraham, as they're starting to gain speed, you know. And mm. so this was a new experience that seemed like a much higher level too. Mm. Just going in and out like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, it's because I tried, I tried yesterday because I'm not um, able to have my eyes open because. I get attached to what I'm watching. I get attached to how you, Sergan, are, if you're receiving what you, like your facial expressions. And so I I lose my focus because I'm attached to what I'm watching. And so that's why I need to close my eyes to be able to like shut out the, everything that I'm, so I'm not even able to do it with eyes open and hopefully I'll get. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, um, it, it doesn't matter because it's so clear. And if that's the clearest way to do it, then that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like when Yeah, people, and then we also know, we know, oh, that's Laurel, yeah. eyes closed, yeah. that's Astrid. Yeah. Right, so I'm gonna do this thing now where I go, I'll have two masks, one be like this one, this is the Gary <laughs> yeah. one, and that's the Joshua one. But uh, yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah. You know, when you're in a Zoom call with a ton of people, I can't notice the chat. The chat, I can't read that, but I can see people's expressions yeah. and I can, but I'm, I'm usually just really focused on the person who's talking. But what's weird about Zoom is that they'll ask that question. And then if the microphone picks up someone else, yeah. they'll come in and then, you know, and then a different person's on there and that doesn't mm-hmm. distract me at all. 
It's just a weird thing. Yeah. Do you not? So you don't care about if they're like going or like, oh, you don't, it doesn't affect you. <laughs> only, you when see only when I'm Gary. Does that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. We were doing, we were talking about this before, but there was with Joshua live. I was in my friend Clark's house and I'm in downstairs in this really cool apartment they have there. And in the middle of Joshua Live, the ceiling starts just gushing water out of it, right? Oh, God. Joshua doesn't even blink at it, doesn't care, just uses it as this example that nothing wrong is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, I never that's thought. focus. I guess it's focus. And, mm. but you know, I never thought that Joshua was ever going to come through me speaking. I thought it was always going to be writing. So it took mm. two years before, you know, and then Jules Johnson had to hypnotize me. Yeah. So it's just like this sort of, and then when, when I went this summer and saw Abraham, I came back like, like at a different level with Joshua too. Wow. Getting, you know, every time you get more confidence, you just get more connection, more connection, more connection. It gets stronger and stronger. Yeah. What about Astrid? If you like, <clears throat> I watched this really cool Ted talk and they actually, the label of it was this Ted talk was banned. And it was about how science, you know, and dogma are, are causing people to tr get themselves entrenched in these beliefs. And they're not talking about anything that could be like, uh, like what we're doing here, channeling or having intuition, you know, they're just discounting all these things. And one of them was the speed of light. So in the 19, from 1928 to 1945, the speed of light changed. And it was a calculation that they always do on the speed of light. And then it fluctuated. And they were saying, well, how could the speed of light change if that's a constant? And so he talked to this physicist and the physicist said, well, that was a, you know, the darkest days of our profession and we don't like to talk about it. And, I, and he said, well, there's fluctuations now. And they said, well, we solved that by changing the meter. The meter is not fixed, but the speed of light is now. So they're using all these things. They're saying these constants are always changing and expanding. And that's what's happening, I think, here too, is we're expanding and we're getting more clear ourselves. And as Astrid and Gary see new things, that also affects what's brought in. Because as mm -hmm. our belief systems open up, then we are becoming clearer channels and allowing different stuff. That's why every channel is different because every channel has a unique set of beliefs and it has to conform. Like I couldn't channel in Norwegian, you know, and why not? I can't either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't either. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's weird because now I feel like I've been doing this Cause now it's easier. Sometimes like if I get written questions, I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, I, it's fine. It's just like, it's just easier to say it. Cause it takes oh, shorter time than to write it down. A but much, then I'm yeah. thinking I we're now in October and I think I started, I did this the first time in June or July, but it, so that's like six months, but it feels like forever. And it's, I can't even remember what it was like before I did it this way. Yeah. But it's just weird. Yeah. And it's going to expand and expand and expand and expand. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. So this was too, different too about the truths, because <clears throat> if you look at like what Abraham says, what Laurel says, Joshua says, uh, Kimberly, the beings of the light, the stream, 
the way I see it is truth is that there's such compatible, non-contradictory answers that there's mm-hmm. never, like Abraham will say, in everything they've ever said, there's never been a contradiction. And I would take that further. In everything that Abraham, Joshua, Laurel, the stream, beings mm-hmm. of light have said, there's never been a contradiction in any of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that leads me to believe that there is a lot of truth in this. That's, that's what, I what got you. That's what got you to believe in it. No, that's like evidence. I think <laughs> okay. evidence of the truth. Yeah, I don't really care about evidence. I mean, people can believe whatever they want to believe. Doesn't I don't Absolutely. that doesn't affect me. I'm talking you know. about me. You know. Yeah. Uh, don't you ever say, oh, "Am I just crazy? Is this just nuts?" Yeah. I say that all the time. Is Gary just crazy? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. what can you rely on if the speed of light is changing? <laughs> well, the speed that what, makes what sense. What evidence matters? No, yeah. that makes sense. That's you know part of the law. Um, there's a, the law of expansion, the law of continuity. They all go into these things yeah. that. I just thought of this today is the universe is expanding. The earth is shooting out in the universe, right? Away from wherever and increasing in velocity as it expands because the earth is expanding too. And the earth is exploring different parts of the universe as is everything else, you know? So everything out, everything is always another universal law. I think is the law of change. Everything is changing. Nothing can stay static. And that's true of, of the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They're going to figure this out. And especially about dimensions. You know, if you realize that, that we are moving through life, not in time or space, but just from one dimension to the next. And that infinity includes the possibility of all dimensions existing at the same time. And so it's like a, a reel of film where every frame is a different dimension. And then you play it and all the dimensions through the law of continuity look like we're moving through time and space. But actually, we're just physically perceiving one dimension after the other. Or not one dimension after the other, but one dimension now and another dimension now. You know, So it's always now. It just appears like it's time and space. Isabel loves this stuff. And I'm just like, I do not care at all. I have more than enough exploring today and like the, the normal stuff. This is more than enough for me. I like, I bring forth the information, but I just, I do not, that does not interest me. I mean, it's fun to know because it's coming, Yeah. but I don't like, I don't bother asking about it because heck, I want to know how to like, you know, manifest more money or yeah. manifest, you know, what, like these normal things. I just don't care about all this stuff, but yeah, it's fun to know. Yeah. I think as we broaden our perspective on, on what's really happening here mm. and at the same time, we're broadening our belief systems to allow in for all these different possibilities. Because if you think, you know, I think that it's tough if you have a job because you, you sort of have this belief system that all your income has to come from this job. And if you didn't have a job, then income could come from other sources. And if you didn't even think of it that way, if you could think that you get everything you need when you need it to explore whatever you're exploring, then you just focus on, well, what do I want to explore? And everything will come to that. 
So it's just this expansion of these beliefs that allow for more abundance and more freedom. But which is interesting though, because I kept thinking, I want to know the truth. I want to understand what's really going on, but that's not what I want. I want to understand how to manipulate my beliefs in order to create what is pleasurable for me. It doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. I just want to experience what I want to experience. And it doesn't matter if it's true for anyone else. So like, I don't care about the truth. I just care about what, what's fun. Yeah. And and so many people are tied to the truth and they'll say, okay, those of us, when, you know, Joshua's perception of reality is you are in charge of how you perceive reality and you can perceive reality as good or as bad. Mm -hmm. And if you perceive it as good, you're going to feel better and be more connected to source energy. And if you feel as bad, you're going to be more disconnected and not feel good. You're going to receive negative emotion. And they say, well, you can't just go around willy-nilly and change your beliefs and change your perception of reality because things are true. And, you know, you could spend all day worrying about the government, right? And you could say, that is true. This is happening. Or you could just not watch the news and you'd have a completely different experience. And that experience might be more, might feel good. And people don't think so much about how they feel they think about trying to control conditions in order to feel good rather than controlling how you feel by changing your perception or your perspective. Yeah. So the number one thing to do is feel good. So Sargon, can I ask, how was it, how was the experience of sitting there and like having two people to you? I mean, cause sometimes it's difficult to understand when you're being or to hear what, the channelers are saying it's difficult to receive the messages and here you had two people that you had to listen to. How was that? Oh, I felt very, very worthy. Look at this one. <laughs> two, yeah. two channels asking me questions or answering my question. Um, no, I thought, I thought it was good. I definitely recognize that I want to go back and listen to it again because I think mm. there's probably stuff that I missed, but um, I think I, I think I got most of it and then it kind of, you yeah. know, other questions sparked as a result of hearing you talk. Well, you, I didn't have it planned. I just had the oh, truth good. question planned. <gasps> That's great. And yeah. so you were just inspired at the moment to yeah. receive a question. This is another thing is, uh, <clears throat> is if you believe that thoughts are manufactured in your head, then that is a limiting idea. Mm-hmm. But here you are believing that you'll be inspired for the questions and that you don't have to worry because because you are part of the spiritual connection. The, yeah. The, Joshua and Laura were talking about. Yeah. And that in that spiritual connection, that you're going to receive whatever you need to explore this idea of talking to two, two channels. And you received it perfectly. And so you're a part of this triad that led to this conversation that flowed perfectly around the things you're interested in. And many other people will be interested too. Yeah. Yeah, this was, this was deep. I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Going into relationships on a new level, I think. All right. So let's tell everyone where they can find each other. Astrid, where can people find you? Laurelsmessage.com. We're also on Facebook, Laurel's Message. And there's also a group, a private group, if you want to join. Uh, We're on YouTube, Laurel's Message. If you want to subscribe, that would be good. Uh, Every Wednesday, we do a group channeling. That's for free. And it's going to be put out on YouTube. That's 1 p.m. EST. And we're thinking about adding another time there. 
Um, yeah. Oh, we also have, there's a podcast on Podbean. That's how to be human. That's me and Kyla. And there's a podcast, Astrid and Wendy. That's me and Wendy. Wow. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Look how you've expanded, expanded. in the last I, <laughs> I have the same thought too. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to have to do like a 10 minute one next time. <laughs> Sierra, where the, can they find you? Um, you can find me at sirgancar.com. You're not pronouncing that right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gary. You 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 pronounce it for me. Sirgun. Sirguncore.com. Um, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and and all that. And, and YouTube. Oh, and, and YouTube and you know and you can stream all my music on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Yeah. Good. And then you can uh, find Joshua on the teachings of Joshua.com on our Facebook group, Friends of Joshua. And we are having a new boot camp starting in November 4. And you can email me at, at uh, joshuateachings at gmail.com. And we had such a great weekend last week at the first ever, uh, it was called Changing Leaves, Changing Lives at the Joshua House in Newton, North Carolina. There was about 20-something people there. And we just had the best time. We're doing it again in April 4, April 2nd through the 5th in 2020 or 2020. I, l- I love where you put Tina's painting too. I'm just noticing. I know. Sure, yeah. Awesome. And uh, so it was interesting that I we had immediately on Monday, we're saying we got to do this again. And so we just said, well, when's it going to be nice weather here again? And so we said, how about the first week in April? And what I realized was while you guys were here in October, it was 10-10. And then now we're going to be at 4 4 2020. 10-10 was horrible. 10-10 was awful. I hated 10-10. What's wrong with 10-10? 10-10 and the full moon, that was the worst. I had to Google how to kill myself. I was <laughs> fucking hating it. We had fun. It was so oh. beautiful here. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> you should have been here. It was good here. All right. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Can't wait to do this again if you guys want to. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you Sir Gun. Yes, thank you so please. much. Thank you, Sir Gun. This is awesome. Let's do this again. Okay. Yeah. We'll contact Gary if you want to do this because we need participants. We can't just be me and Gary. Yes. That's uh so I think Wendy wants to do one. Good. And there's um, I'm sure Tracy, Tracy and Isabel want to do it. Good. So if you'd like to do it, just contact us and we'll we'll figure it out. Thanks, yeah. everyone, and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week. <laughs>